0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable E-Commerce Coaching and Business Strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, this is Andy Arnott and uh, with my cohort, Amy. Amy, you want to say hi?
1: Hello, everybody. It's great to see all of you guys here.
0: Yep. And this is Seller Roundtable number two. Um, yeah, so this is exciting. So if you've not joined us before... Um, this is kind of a, a coaching slash, um, Q and a, uh, type setup. And we also try to throw in some instruction to, um, just, you know, because sometimes nobody has a question and there's some downtime and, um, we also want to be able to give you guys, you know, every week, give you guys uh stuff to look forward to on, uh, you know, the learning side of things. So, um, this format, super fun. Um, if you have a question, um, I think, uh, zoom allows you like, do a little like raise your hand type thing, we can we can uh, unmute you and turn your camera on. If you don't want to do that, then just uh, post your questions into the chats. And uh, generally, I like to start out with questions. A lot of times in the beginning, though, people are shy. And if that happens, then we'll go directly into uh, the content. And then um, anybody got a question, go ahead and type it in the uh, chat or use the old uh, raise your hand on Zoom.
1: And. All of, just so everybody knows, in Zoom, it's in your bottom left-hand corner. If you kind of move your mouse over the the big black window, it's in um, your bottom left-hand corner to turn on your, um, your to go into chat or um, to right. ask a question. Right. Should listings be deleted from your listings once you are sold out? Ooh. Okay. So I, I wonder if your answer is going to be different than mine.
0: So, So I think they're talking about like close your listing, right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, we never ever close our listings, and um, <laughs> the reason for that is uh, we I, I don't and I don't necessarily suggest that everybody does this, but you know we've been doing this for a long time. We've got uh, you know our processes and our we have manufacturers we trust. We have you know a, a lot of infrastructure and and uh, relationships in place. So this is not might not not necessarily be perfect for anyone. For us, we never turn it off because what we do is we do back ordering. So if we ever run out of stock. Um, we set our order or our ship date back. Like, uh, it depends on what, you know, the time of year, like if it's coming up on Chinese new year and we run out, which we actually did on a couple of our really, like we sold way more than we thought over Christmas and we actually stocked out. Um, but what we did is we just keep the listing going and we, we pushed the, the ship date out a couple of weeks. Now there's, you know, debate on that. Um, but the way that we like to see it is that, um, even if, uh, it's not selling through as quickly, um, you know, we're, we're keeping rank and, um, because of the way we drive traffic and things like that, we normally don't lose too much rank. And as soon as we get back in stock, our rank just like skyrockets back. So, um, yeah, so for, for, if you're experienced, if you've got your stuff dialed in, I would say do back ordering. Um, if you're newer and you don't have, uh, you know, a supply chain or a manufacturer that you really trust, then I would say, um, you might want to close your listing.
1: So, and this is my rule of thumb. A lot of people are told to close their listing because they're worried about hijackers if they're sold out, right? Um, And then the other thing is they're worried about their rank. So, those are usually the two biggest concerns I hear about closing listings. So, my rule of thumb is, look, if you've got stock on the way to Amazon, do not close your listing because then that stock can go stranded. It can get all jacked up. You don't, they might not be able to check it in. You know, if you have, if you've already created the shipment in Amazon and you, like Andy said, he set his to back ordered, but if that stuff is inbound, do not close your listing. If you're out of stock and let's say maybe you have a three month turnover and you're not going to be in stock for a while, Right? And, it's, and you're worried about there possibly being hijackers or whatever, depending on what category you're in. And all, every, all everybody has different stuff. If you're brand registered, obviously, you have a lot less to worry about. But uh, if you're not going to be in stock for like three or four months and you're, you know, and you're just worried about your listing sitting out there, then go ahead and close it. And you can just click the relist button as soon as you're ready to create that shipment and send your inventory back in.
0: Yeah. I just noticed too, though, sorry, I didn't read the entire question, that he, he, he put the uh, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage. Um, at the bottom of that, um, honestly, yeah, honestly, I, I, like people always ask me, um, you know, arbitrage stuff. I, I, I mean, I've done it a little bit in the past, but it's not my wheelhouse to me. And I don't want to rip on anybody who's doing that. I know people are making money in that. I know there's money to be made there. Um, so it's just, I would never do that because for me, um, I want to put all my, my time and effort into building my own brand. It's like, for me, I'm always like, why do I want to sell Nike and build their brand. Everybody already knows Nike. I want to build my brand so that you know, five or ten years from now, I'm the next Nike or I'm the next Under Armour or you know, whatever. So to me, um, you know, I, I don't concentrate a lot in that. If it's working for you, more power to you. But um, that's not my wheelhouse.
1: So the thing along with the RA and OA side of things, I always recommend, um, like one of my clients right now, I've given her homework to start with RA because she's doing private label, but she's never done anything on Amazon before. So I was like, go out to Walmart and find something. I don't even care if it's profitable, but learn the numbers and learn how to ship your stuff in. So I was Army, gonna say,
0: yeah, great for, for FBA, like just to learn the process for yeah. sure just a single item, like people are like, wait, I can send one item to FBA. Like a lot of people don't know that. That's a great point. Um, for learning just the basic, basic stuff, it's definitely mm-hmm.
1: worth it. Yeah. Doing. Because then you don't have a lot of skin in the game. Right. And who cares if you don't, if you don't, I told her, if you don't make any money on this one item you sent in, who cares? You learned how to ship something in, you learn how to look at the fees for an item, you learn how to list an item, you learn how to list multiple items. So I I just, uh, I think it's a wonderful start. And then of course, as you were saying, Andy, a lot of people make a lot of money with RA and OA. And for the question that Clay asked, um, I, I recommend, uh, Jess Hill is, is one of my favorite RA sellers out there. And, uh, and she talks in her group, she talks about, um, how if you, it can, it can count against your, um, I think it's like your inventory score or something. If you leave a bunch of listings in there that you have no plan to replenish. So make sure if you have a bunch of RA listings in there that you're not planning on replenishing that you get rid of them yeah. because that can actually look bad on your, your overall like inventory and stuff. Cause Amazon sees it as Oh, you're not sending that stuff back in. So, what's going on, right? Well, and,
0: and, and in that case, um, deleting your listing is not a big deal when you're doing RA or, or um, OA because usually you're just tacking your listing onto a listing that's already, you know, your offer is just being tacked onto a listing that's already there. So, technically, when you delete your offer off of your account, you're really not uh, doing much of anything unless you created that listing, which some. Uh, People who are doing RA and OA who are really successful do create their own listings because they're doing bundlings and things like that. Now, from what, uh, even though I don't know a lot about that subject, you know, I I of course follow it because it's, you know, part of the Amazon uh, world. Um, So, what what I've been kind of hearing and seeing, and and it makes sense to me, is that uh, what what I've heard is a lot of big brands are starting to crack down on that. So, like, they don't want, like, even if you're like doing a bundle or something like that, like, they see it as you diluting their brand, or um, you know, possibly like maybe not giving the same customer service that they would, and things like that. Um, so I would not be surprised if that market gets tighter and harder to sell in, at least in the next like year or two.
1: Yeah, really interesting. Okay, anybody else have a question about? Ooh. I'm currently designing my first brand and product, but I want to sell some items to gain some experience with selling and learn how to work the seller account. If I source products from AliExpress, do I send those products to an Amazon warehouse or to my own address and ship from home?
0: Ah, this is a this is a great question. And so I'm going to go into, because today I was going to talk about my, I, I don't know, like I've done a video on this before on my YouTube um, kind of how I first started when I was doing private label like the the trick that I use to source on on Aliexpress and that's kind of what I was going to cover today and go a little bit more in depth in that because I know that people it's a cool trick and and I think like a lot of people starting out can get a lot of value from it because it's it's uh, similar to what Amy was talking about with the, uh, the RAOA stuff is it's like you know minimal risk but um, you know you can kind of get your your um, head in the game on how this stuff all works so Um, let me go into my training for the day since this question directly relates to it. So, um, uh, when I first started out, you know, that the, um, you know, it was a, it was a side business. It was something that we started because my wife, um, didn't want to do her day job anymore when our, our, um, first son was born. Um, so, you know, she didn't want to work anymore. So I, so I started dabbling in the Amazon world as kind of like something to replace her um, income. So at first, you know, um, it, it seemed super overwhelming and things like that. And this was back in 2013, where there's, you know, not training like there is now, where you can find almost how to do anything. So it was kind of like on my own. Um, but what the technique that I kind of come up with early on, which seemed to work really well. Um, granted, 2013 was, you know, it was it was kind of a gold mine. It was like you could almost throw anything up and, and, and have success. But uh, you know, this this technique still works really well today. Is, um, yeah, so what we used to do is we'd go on AliExpress um, and we'd, we'd source products. And what we do first is, you know, we'd, we'd, of course, go the normal route. Um, uh, a lot of people use like Jungle Scout and things like that to get product ideas. I hate those. Um, I call them my verification tools. But what I like to do is I like, tell everybody, like, go you with know, something you're passionate about um, because. Uh, it's going to show through on your products, like what you produce. You know, if you're like super into cats, <laughs> then you come out with cat products. Or if you're super into baseball, like maybe baseball-related products or cars, like uh, you know, auto parts. Like, in other words, like, try to tie um, your sourcing ideas to things you're passionate about. Um, because that you, you, number one, you're going to have knowledge. So if your customers come to you, you're going to look like an expert because you already have a lot of knowledge in that, in that subject or in that niche. Uh, so that's something really, um, awesome to think about. Um, so what we used to do is we'd go, you know, we'd kind of be like, Oh, this is super interesting to me. And then I'd go and I, I, you know, look at the market and things like that. Um, nowadays, um, the way you want to do it is find a product that you're interested in and then you really want to do your homework. Uh, and a lot of people miss this step. They, you know, like they'll go to like, uh, the bestseller lists on Amazon or something like that. And they'll find products there and then they'll just go buy them and they do like no more research. Um, you know, at a minimum, uh, you know, once you get your product ideas, you know, that's when you start breaking out, uh, jungle scout, things like that. But you also want to spread like, uh, something that people never think about, which is something that you can do is, uh, people think about Google Trends, but they don't think about like a simple search on like Twitter. So like, yeah. are people talking about this product? If they're not, you know, if you're, if you're trying to source like, um, you know, uh, uh keychains or something like, are people talking about it or, you know, are there, is there, is there any demand for it? Um, so that's something you definitely want to uh, you know do your research. and there's you know like I said, you can do like um, um, another great uh, place to find product ideas. and also to sell on if you've never sold on is wish. Uh, wish.com. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity as a merchant there, but also for product ideas because it's social based. Um, so wish.com's is a, a great one to go look at. AliExpress um, itself is a great one to look for trending products. Um, and then there's also some tools out there. I wish I could remember the, remember the one I used to use. I'll, I'll have to try to dig it up and see if I can, uh, post it for you guys. I want to say it was like sourcezilla or something like that, but it was cool because it would go out and scrape like Shopify stores, um, like these weird, like, uh, Japanese online stores and like all this stuff and find, uh, like these trending products, uh, which was really cool. Like Groupon, like it had all these different stores that it would tie into. Um, so that's how you can, uh, you know, kind of get some some of your product ideas and, and kind of verify that there's some demand for that. Um, the next thing you want to do, of course, um, is uh, go to like once you get your idea on AliExpress. The next thing you want to do before you order is go over to Alibaba or one six eight eight com, which is the Chinese version, and look to see what the wholesale price is because you're going to pay less than what you're paying on AliExpress, but you want to know that number. Um, because you want to know what you're going to be able to sell on Amazon before you even source it. Uh, that's another thing a lot of people don't think about. Um, Amy, it looks like you wanted to jump in with something.
1: Well, no, that's a really great tip because you know just understanding what that price is because. Lately, since the drop shipping boom, AliExpress has become really, uh, and using Oberlo plugins on Shopify has right. become really popular. Right, yeah. so yeah. what the Ali, the vendors on AliExpress have caught on and they've raised their prices. And remember, in an Asian market, it's always negotiable, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, so don't be afraid to reach out and go, hey, I want to buy 30 of these from you, and you know, so check 1688 for that wholesale price. Great tip Andy. Um I believe the the resource I have a video in my group drop shipping 101 where I walk you through how to you can search on Google you can put in Shopify plus cats Shopify plus baseball in the Google search and it'll bring up all of the t- Shopify sites and then you right. can look in those stores and see what they're selling and see what's trending and I bet a lot of that probably cuz they're focused on that dropship model a lot of that might not be on Amazon. So you find your your trend that you're really interested in. If you just want to buy a few and test it out, you check out those Shopify sites. And I believe the site that it is it's Ecom Hunt, um, where they, they everything and they show you like the latest products. Um, but I'll look it up too. I have a version of it in my Dropbox. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and actually the 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 founder like came to me early on for investment, and I was like, "This is cool," but like I've <laughs> I've got too many irons in the fire because if I can't put my full uh, you know my full power behind something, it's it, and that's one of my things too. Is I get uh, you know I'm I'm a shiny object guy. You know I have so many ideas and things I want to do that I've really had to teach myself to to uh, you know dial in and, and and concentrate on what I'm working on currently. So. Um, And
1: Andy, Lori is saying that that's what they're struggling with is, is properly researching the market and understanding demand. Um, So many people struggle with that, you know, and, and then Robert uh, mentioned Shopify. Do you know how to set up your Shopify site? to be fulfilled by Amazon and it's simple plugin. You just search Shopify for their available add-ons, available plugins, and you can install You can just search for Amazon FBA and you just install it right on your Shopify site and it'll walk you through how to connect your Amazon. And then when you get an order on your Shopify site, it automatically fulfills through Amazon.
0: Yeah, the other way to do it too, the way that we do it um, for any of our like stuff that we uh, don't sell on Amazon, but we want Amazon to fulfill is uh, ShipStation. Um, if yeah. you get into a decent amount of volume ship stations awesome like literally you'll have a list of orders you click on it you say I want this to be fulfilled by FBA you click another button it's literally like five seconds or you can even select stuff in bulk say like <laughs> highlight here to here these 10 products I want to get shipped by FBA click click and it's done um, oh, so
1: it's like a middleman that can go between all of your yep, various sites yeah, and stuff.
0: Yeah. If nobody's tried ShipStation, like, it's, it's one, I would consider it's probably like one of my most essential tools, um, especially when you get to a decent amount of volume, um, definitely suggest ShipStation. The other cool thing about ShipStation, which people don't realize, is you can actually do like email follow-ups through ShipStation because they allow you to uh, watch the tracking number. And when something's delivered, like send a message, like right when it's delivered, or right, you know, right after, you can say like a day after something's delivered, or five days after, you can send an email to them. Now, of course, Andy, you have to that's m-
1: gold. That's <laughs> gold right there. I love it. I love all your gold. You give me lots of gold.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, we, I've been doing this a while, so I've got a lot of tidbits that I might not even know are good tidbits anymore. It's, you know, after a while, it's the business as usual. But um. But yeah, so you can do some really cool stuff with ShipStation, and they also have automation, Uh, like um, so you can set up, like you can say, like if something comes in and it's more than two pounds and it's going to this place, like tag it, and like so there's all these flows that you can almost like funnels for shipping that you can build uh, when stuff comes into ShipStation, and they support like like every marketplace, like Wish, um, you know, um, uh, Amazon, eBay, like you know, all of that stuff gets Shopify. Uh, WooCommerce like anything that you pretty much do e-commerce it'll sh- it'll suck all your orders into the same
1: Probably place. give you some probably give you some ideas too. Hey, Andy, you were mentioning before I rudely interrupted you with that gold you gave us about checking 1688. Yeah. You were going down your path of product research on AliExpress and how to bring that to Amazon. Do you want to continue?
0: Right. <laughs> I like it. Thank you for bringing me back cuz I get on my tangents. Um yeah, so um so the other thing, the other things that I kind of wanted to mention was, um, so once you get your product costs, the other thing that you really want to kind of be aware of, um, and it's kind of hard to, to know, but uh, there's some tools out there. Um, I think it's Freight OS um, has uh, like a shipping calculator where you can like, say like, um, I'm shipping from this uh, town in China to this place in the US, like how much is it going to cost me? Um, and you can, you can specify like weight and dimensions and things like that. Um, So that's something else you want to at least have an idea of. The other thing is you can reach out, like even though you're not going to buy yet on um, Alibaba or 1688, um, you know, you can reach out on Alibaba and say, Hey, I'm interested in this product. How much is it like for a thousand units? And if I ship it here, how much is it going to cost me? You don't have to buy it right then, but then you have that data uh, later on that you can go back to and kind of have a good um, idea of your numbers. Um, So that's something else you want to think about is the shipping cost, getting it from China to the U.S., um another. Because
1: thing, you can not ship an e-packet, right? If right you're exactly,
0: exactly. If you're going in a in, in you know a larger amounts. Um and then of course the other things you want to look at on Amazon are fees, you know, like the the FBA fees, the storage fees, all the kind of fees involved with Amazon. Um and then another thing that like I swear to God, nobody ever thinks of this. And to me, it's like a, one of the first things we do is is create a fake campaign on Amazon for your ppc Because what happens, and I see this over and over again, is somebody will um, we'll create a campaign or we'll, we'll uh, source a product and then they'll get the product in stock. They've ordered 5,000 or whatever. They get it into Amazon and then they go to set up their PVC campaign and they see that that product, um, especially like in the beauty, jewelry, things like that, it's like $5 a click or something astronomical. So PVC like isn't even an option because it immediately sucks your profit away. So create a fake. What we do is we, if we're interested in a product, I go on and I literally create a campaign like I would if I was going to sell that product um, with at least like 10 or 20 of my main keywords. And then I see like what the suggested bids are.
1: Okay, but how do you do that when you don't have your product in your inventory yet to create an ad group? Do you create, do you You add a similar product? No,
0: no, no. You just put any SKU, like you just... You you don't create the entire campaign. You just oh because do the, you can
1: advertise for products that aren't in your inventory. Right.
0: Okay. So you can just put any any skew in there you want. It doesn't matter. And then the keywords are what you're looking for. Um, yeah. And then you just paste your keywords in there. And then you see like okay, um, you know, um, face the you know, beauty face mask is five dollars a click. Like, and that's one of my main keywords. Like, I probably won't source that product because it'll just kill my profits on the PPC on the marketing side.
1: Yeah, like CBD right now. Exactly. Anything oh my god.
0: I get like a new $7. yeah yeah every like we get tons of new people coming to us right now and I have to turn away. I'm like I'm sorry I'm not going to do CBD number one. It's it's impossible to um, navigate like Amazon like there's all these like um, keyword uh, blocks and PPC and like all this like where they shut the listing down and then bring it back up and then yeah like uh, CBD oh, yeah. is the next fidget spinner as far as I'm concerned if uh, I- unless you have some uh, early market early mover advantage and you have some kind of like crazy, um, you know, hookup with, with the, like getting it super cheap or something. I, yeah, that's, that's like the new fidget spinner.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did a review of, um, of an article. I forgot who it was by, but I did a review of an article that said the top trending retail things in 2019. And I talked about each thing. And one of them was going to be that CBD was going to be open, right? Because yeah. soon they're going to lift all those restrictions. But by then, you know, right now, Amazon's making so much money charging $10 a click for the word CBD, you know, in PPC. It's going to be crazy. But anyway, we could talk about that for an
0: Yeah, I, I actually think, uh, I'm pretty sure, because we had a client early on that came to us. Um, I'm pretty sure um, the, the keyword CBD, like you can't even bid for it on PPC. Like it's a blocked word. Like you won't get any impressions for it. So you have to be, if you're marketing CBD, you have to be super creative and market for things like... Um, anxiety like you know like you yeah. can't you have to be super and creative
1: him, i believe and yeah
0: exactly you have to be super creative so it's uh yeah it's 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 one of those products it's uh you know a, a tough one make so, sure you you know your stuff and have big pockets if you're gonna go after that market
1: so back to what you were saying you were saying the things you check are okay so, costs
0: yep yep so marketing costs so yeah so like pbc like how much it would cost you to, to do some launches and promotions, like 50% off or whatever, or if you're gonna go large, you go 90% off. Um, and this is as easy as just taking out, uh, you know, I usually do it on like, uh, you know, Google Docs or something like that, or Airtable is one of my favorite tools that we use like crazy for everything nowadays. Um, and you just plug those numbers in, um, and then that way you will get a super good idea before you even source the product if it's gonna be a viable product. Like, give yourself the advantage of, of doing your homework beforehand and not getting all these products to like, there's so many people that I just like, I want, I, I want to like cry tears for them that they have, you know, 3000 sitting in Amazon and there's, you can't turn it because it's either the PPC is too high, it's super saturated, you know, and that's a, a common thing. So, um, and then the other thing you want to also um, look at, um, is when you're doing the test, when you, when you did the small amount, like, uh, you know, say you, you source 10 items from Aliexpress or something, look at the return rate. That's another huge factor that people don't look at. You know, if you've sold 10 and four people have returned it, um, it could be just that it's a, a you know, crappy quality from Aliexpress that can definitely happen. But you know, if it's an electronic product or something with moving parts, that's something that you really, when you go now to source at, on Alibaba, you want to make sure you do a lot of sampling, a lot of, um, you know, uh, checks, uh, you know, uh, the and that's the other like that. thing,
1: a lot of stuff that you're sourcing on Alibaba, you can get on AliExpress. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, what I would recommend, I, I was watching an interview for a drop shipper who had been pretty successful. And the mistake they made early on is that they would just automatically put a product out there that they saw on AliExpress that had a lot of orders and stuff without testing it themselves. Right. Well, folks, there's this amazing thing called an e-packet that gets the product to you for right. free. Um, so why not order one of them before you go all in, right? Even if you're going to source something on Alibaba and you're thinking about it and you're like, Oh, this is an interesting product. See if you can find it on Aliexpress, get it shipped to you with an e-packet for free and check it out yourself. Inspect it, see how it looks, you know? And then when you're like, Oh yeah, I've run my numbers. Everything looks good. I'm going forward. I'm, 1000 of these. Yep. Then order them and go for it.
0: Yep, exactly. And then so like see see now you've done all your your homework, you know your numbers and you decide okay this is, you know, product that, that I want to, you know, you know possibly source. The next thing you want to do of course is like order, you know, go on uh, AliExpress and depending on the price point, you know, order anywhere from 10 to 100 to 200, you know, in other words, you want your investment to be in the hundreds of dollars not in the thousands of dollars, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks, maybe, you know, whatever depending on the price point. And you source those products. Once you source those products, before they even start shipping, though, what I always tell people is you should have everything set up before that. Before those products hit your doorstep, so you should have your listing created and optimized. You should have some products generally on AliExpress. You know, if you're if you're sourcing something from AliExpress, you can email the person you bought it from and said, "Hey, hey, send me some photos. They usually have stock photos that you can use." Now, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you're going to get hijacked and things like that." That could be the case because when you're doing the AliExpress stuff, you're not branding it. you this is purely a test. You're you're testing something with a small amount. It doesn't need to be branded, but you're creating the listing. So technically you, you have that listing. Now if you're not brand registered, this gets a little hard because then you you know it is much easier for you to get hijacked further on down the road. Um, but when you're proving the concept, you just want a basic listing. It can be generic, but you put your brand name in it, but the the product itself is just you know plain, nothing on it.
1: Um, And maybe you don't want to put your brand name on it, right? Not at first. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people get all nervous. I I see a lot of questions about, um, hey, well, how do I even do this private label brand thing? Do I have to register my brand? You can put... Poo poo in the brand category, in the brand name field if you want to it yeah. really doesn't matter. We're gonna check,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that might work. People might think that's hilarious, and then you'll get a bunch of like random sales from it. No, but yeah. So you, I mean, the other thing that you can do too, which we've done this as well, is you keep it completely generic and to test it, and then you create a whole new listing when you bring out your next item. Uh, when you know when you source the larger amount, so it's a whole new listing. So you still get those that that like honeymoon period um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So that's something else you can do is complete, you know, create a completely new listing, and people will be like, "Well, wait, it's the same listing." Amazon says you can't do that if the product is at all different. This is what people don't get on the the whole like similar listing. You know, when can I list on somebody else's? It has to be if you're going to list on somebody else's product, it has to be exact. But if you're going to create your own product, like a variation of product, like this iced tea bottle, if I want to sell these, right? This is my brand, and I go, you know what? I want to try something newer. You leave this product in. You change this label from green to blue. Guess what? It's a new product. <laughs> like yeah. there's very subtle changes that you can do um, to, to your product to make it a new product. Um, that's also another trick that a lot of people. You can don't
1: even know. put it in a poly bag. Put that sucker in a poly bag and and ha- or just have the um, and stick a sticker on it. Like yep. literally yep. print a sticker and stick a sticker on the poly bag and have a nice day. I, I had my mom. sew some, uh, some phone cases, I had her, sew some phone cases and, uh, and I just put them in a poly bag with a cute little card and yeah. I've been selling them ever since now I'm looking for a source. There you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then that's, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is, is, um, you know, they get so like sourcing is one of those things where people just get so overwhelmed. They get so scared and all this. The thing is you just got to start testing, like moving, like doing things, you know, like, um, that's, what's cool about this, this, Technique on using AliExpress is to just number one, you're learning the process before you go into a larger, um, you know, uh, quantity count. Um, so you're learning the process. You're not investing a ton of money. If you decide this isn't for me, you're not out thousands of dollars. You're maybe out a hundred dollars or whatever. Um, when you do sampling, another trick that people don't realize is when you do sampling and you're getting like generic stuff from the factories. Guess what? Just because you paid for that sample doesn't mean you can't go send it. You know, and you go. I'm not going to use a sample. Guess what? You can list that on eBay and sell it and at least make your money back or a little bit more. So it's a zero cost, zero net cost, um, activity. Um, but so I think, I think I left off on proving the concept. Um, you know, I, I have my, um, listing set up. I have some PPC. I don't go super aggressive on the PPC because I don't want to spend a ton of money in case I don't use that listing or I you know transition into something else, but enough money to, to kind of prove the concept. <clears throat> and my, my my goal there is to break even. If I break even, I'm happy, but I'm just, I'm testing demand at this point. Um, and so once you do that, once you test the demand, you go, oh hey, this- I have a
1: question for you. Yes. PPC. So when you first launch a product, uh-huh. I always start with auto PPC because mm-hmm. the product hasn't indexed yet and I want Amazon to go, okay, yeah, 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 I'll index you for these, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Before I create a manual campaign, do you do the same?
0: I actually do both. Um, I do a manual and, a, and um, an auto. But what I do on the manual to, to start out with, there's a couple of different ways to do it. You can either go super long tail and do like 10,000 keywords, um, or the easier, better way these days to do it now, um, or not necessarily better, it's just easier if you're testing products, is is to just use broad keywords. So you know, if you're selling, um, you know, a ballpoint pen, you just do pen as a keyword, and it'll get anything related to pen on the auto campaign that will convert for your, for this pen. Um, so yeah, you, you want to do a, uh, um, you know, an auto campaign for sure. And then if you want to do a manual one, do do a broad one just to start out. And that's, that's very similar to doing an auto campaign. It's just going to flush out as many keywords as possible related to, um,
1: Uh, so that's the reason you would create more than one campaign in the beginning, just because you want some additional keywords in order to, I want all all the data possible later. Right. Yeah. I want all the data possible.
0: Yeah. um, Okay. So, so now you've got your product set up. You've got your 10 items from AliExpress. Generally, they're going to come to you first. Um, most of those people are not going to know how to ship it to FBA and you don't want them to ship it directly to FBA in this case. So you don't trust them yet. So you get these 10 items. Uh, you know, what you want to do, of course, is just check the quality, make sure they're just not, you know, pieces of crap that you're, that you're going to send off to Amazon. Um, but once you get those ten pieces, then that's when, um, like Amy said, if you want to brand it, you can start printing labels and throw some labels on there. If you want to keep it like basic but still have some kind of branding on there, um, or you can keep it, you know, just plain Jane, which is what we do a lot of times. Just you know, pretty much generic. Um, uh, get them and then send them in, and then that way you learn the process of you know printing the FBA labels, putting them into a box. Um, you know, they're probably going to make you split the shipments to different FBA fulfillment centers. Um, you know, all those kind of intricacies that you don't want to do when you've invested thousands of dollars and have thousands of items, um, that you've never, you know, that then all of a sudden you're, you're getting all these issues and that's what I see people you know, having over and over again. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something um, to think about now.
1: And, and then when you've proved that, that concept, uh, and you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm ready to, when you're ready to order your next shipment of them from your supplier, you know, okay, this is something I, I might want to take to the next level. Right now exactly. when you get to that point, do you go back to that vendor that you got it on AliExpress and try to start working with them? Uh, or?
0: Generally, I don't. So, so the last kind of uh, bullet points on my thing. So, um, one thing I'll do. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know this is you can do. Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, I don't remember the exact terminology, but it's like a sourcing request on Alibaba. So you can say like, "Here's my product. This is what I, you know, this is what I need. This is what the information I need. You know, how much per unit? What's your minimum order quantity? Um, you know, what's it going to cost me to, to send it by ship by air? Um, most manufacturers these days, um, have a relationship with, um, um, you know, uh, fulfillment with, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, ah, with
1: multiple like vendors. Are you no, 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 no. With shipping. Suppliers? Um,
0: no, with shippers. Oh, with, like
1: freight forwarders. Freight and forwarder. and
0: That's the, the, the that word okay. <laughs> i The looking for. kids oh. below six. So, you know, how that works zero sleep <laughs> freight forwarders. A lot of them have uh, relationships with freight forwarders already, so they can give you all that information. Now, you, of course, when you get that information, you're going to want to cross check that, you know, especially if you're new, and make sure they're not trying to rip you off on the shipping side of things. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that's where you start collecting data from all these different suppliers. Now, uh, when you do that, you know the next step's going to be that you really want to uh, make sure that you're going to get some quality stuff. So um, I always say, or at least for us, we always do three samples minimum, and Usually a good way that you could tell if a supplier's uh, reputable or somebody that you, you know, that you could probably trust is on Alibaba, there's filtering. So you can filter for different things. One's market. So like if they've sold $10 million last year or 20 million or something like that, um, that's a good filter to apply. Um, Another thing that you can apply is the ISO filters. So ISO is like um, a manufacturing standard. Um, you can filter by ISO. So like if the manufacturer is an ISO certified manufacturer, you're probably going to get better quality products. Um, so you can start filtering these, these people out. Um, a lot of times what's frustrating with those buying requests, is people will just send you garbage. It's like unrelated. So that's kind of frustrating. It is getting a little bit better. Um, but anyway, so you get, you know, once you get those numbers, that's when you, you start sampling. We always do a minimum of three samples. Um, as you get bigger, you might want to hire an employee in China. Like we have a, a, um, a lady in China that we work with exclusively and nowadays it's awesome. Like we don't almost have to do no work. We say, Hey, we're interested in this, go find us the best deal. Um, and she goes out and gets it for us. So, um, until you do that though, you're going to have to kind of run through these steps. Um, It might be
1: good to run through these steps before you hire someone because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I want to hire someone right now. Give me a name. Well, you really want to take the time to kind of learn these things because there are a lot of dirty people out there that are willing to sell you something for, you know, that they're not planning to deliver. So it's good for you to understand, Mm -hmm. oh no, I've seen crap come out of there. I, you know, I know how this works, you know, and then you can better, uh, you can better check up on your and and audit your employees that you later hire to help
0: you. Yeah. And another thing to realize too, is like when we're dealing with a new manufacturer, um, well, I, the, the, the woman that we have in China now, like she does all that. And we pay a lot of times we don't even pay like that. We have do a lot of net 30, which we don't even have to pay for the stuff until 30 days after we get it. Um, But that just comes with building a relationship with people. Um, But anyway, so if you're, if it's your first order um, and you're someone new, you definitely want to utilize either Alipay or PayPal. I generally try to stick with PayPal just because they're more of an advocate and easier to get your money back than than with Alipay. Um, Alipay sometimes kind of makes you jump through a ton of hoops and kind of sides with the manufacturer on a lot of things. Um, And a lot of times we'll be like, "Oh, it's going to cost you three percent more." I'm like, "Fine, like that's worth it to me to have some peace of mind." Um, So yeah, so you want to definitely, um, you know, if, if it's a new relationship, Alipay or PayPal. Now, once you build a relationship, like we do, all you know, we wire everything now, but. Um, you know, we've got, we built up that trust. Um, so that's something to, to think about now, uh, getting an employee in China. Everyone's like, Oh my God, how do I do that? That must be so difficult. It's super, super easy. Um, there's uh, Upwork is a great spot. You can find people that, that will source for you on Upwork. Um, you can also, um, like go on, you can actually jump onto, um, you can, if you can't find somebody who sourced on Upwork, you can find a VA, and have them go out and and find a sourcing person for you because they can go out on like WeChat and all these like Chinese channels and and find people. Um, So definitely utilize that. The cool thing about that too is a lot of them will work by the hour or by the task, depending on like how you want to do it. Um, But it's well worth it because if you go out and you say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for this product, bring me ideas. And you're paying them 10 bucks an hour. It takes them two or three hours. You know, it costs you 30 bucks, but now the time that it would have taken you to do that, you know, is a lot of time. Not only that, but a lot of these people have uh, relationships with manufacturers, know the process. They can actually go on. Like um, the the lady that we have doesn't source on Alibaba. She has sources on one six eight eight because she's a native speaker. So you have a huge advantage with finding manufacturers um, at a better price if you have a, a native speaker um, able to source for you. So um, that's also something to think about.
1: Yeah, because the prices and sometimes quality on like sixteen eighty eight are, you know, I think Alibaba has become so, and AliExpress has become so saturated now with not even factories. It's all yep, like just individuals and, yeah. that mm-hmm. are just, well, I'm just going to put this product out there because I've figured out how to list on, you know, AliExpress and I'll go source it from the factory and I'll charge you an extra however many percent, right? Right. Um, and and that's, the, that's the appeal of actually going to China yourself and meeting with, you know, that's the appeal of Canton Fair now because- right. You, you're de- dealing directly with a factory. You're not dealing with, uh, you know, a trading company or, or just an individual trying to upcharge you. So, uh, and like you were saying, Andy, if you have an employee directly in China, then they are able to reach out directly to a factory. But you do have to be careful because, um, you know, we were talking about this in our uh, in our preparing for China webinar the other day, and really there are so many. Students in China, and this thing is going around now, where the students are believing that they speak a little English, that they can now become sourcing agents and sell sell their services as sourcing agents, and they really don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, so you can you do have to be a little careful about hiring, you know, um, and and making sure like you were saying that you're, if you're hiring someone on Upwork, they have some sourcing experience and they know how to speak that language and they know how to tell if someone's just trying to act like they know what they're doing, but they Mm -hmm. don't. Right. Yes.
0: Yeah. The other cool thing too is um, because we've worked with somebody now for years, we have a good relationship with her. Like we don't even get our samples delivered to us anymore. Our samples go to her and then she gives us like videos and like, you know, tells us like this is the best quality and gives us videos and all that kind of stuff. So that's, Kind of cut our uh, time down as well to source. Like the process is so streamlined now for us that we get onboard products really, really quickly, which is which is awesome because you can then scale really quickly. So, okay, all right, let's so, look at the chat. I've actually been ignoring the chat. I don't know if you. So, been-
1: yeah, I've been I've been paying attention to the chat. So, um, so we had Lori ask about um, can we do this uh, if we don't live in the U.S. And I was like, yeah, you can absolutely, or you can send it to a logistics provider in the U.S. to check it out for you, and then forward it to Amazon, sure. or you can get it at your house anywhere where you live, right? Yeah. Um, you might have to find, you might not be able to get an e-packet, right? Mm-hmm. But you might have to find another shipping provider. However, there's nothing preventing you from having this shipped to you.
0: Right. Um, well, yeah. And like I said, that's the other cool thing too is, is if you have to, um, you know, you can hire somebody in China to get the products delivered to them and then they can demo them for you and at least take a video um, and things like that. So if you had to do it that way, you oh, could. Yeah. Um, and how
1: do you, how do you hire somebody in China to do that? You find that on Upwork as well?
0: Well, so like I said, we got lucky. the 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 lady that we have does everything for us. I mean, she does. Yeah, I mean, like we we she sends it to Amazon for us. All our products get labeled. We we never touch anything. It's it's uh it's it's sweet. <laughs> I know that's not, you know, that's not going to be everybody's experience, um, but. Um, just like anything, you, you're just going to have to trial and error it. Um, it. Lori
1: says, Lori says, we all want your lady. <laughs>
0: right? I know. No, we want her secret. name.
1: Give her up, Andy. She's <laughs> a secret.
0: No, I've only, I've only shared her with one other person. She's mine. Lori, and I even, and even, and even just for sharing her with one other person, like she's super busy these days. So
1: <laughs> so we need her to um, find some friends. Right. China. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Something something else to think about too is, and you know, I know everybody hates to be sold to, I'm not selling you here, but I don't care who you hire, but um, the other option is to hire somebody like Amy or I to, to vet your products. People have done that with us. And, and thank God because some of the products that have come to me, I'm like run, like run for the hills. Um, And generally it's not that much money and it'll save you a lot in the, in the long run. So if you're, if you're, you know, it. Not only that, but I do it for free. Like if somebody's on Facebook, don't inundate me, please. Um and if you talk to me, like I, I I seriously try to help as many people as I can for free. But if you're gonna talk to me, get straight to the point. Like send me the send me the link to the the product and say like yes or no. Like keep it short and sweet and then I'll get back to you. If you write me along like hi or a wave, I'm not gonna respond because I just get so frustrated like please value my time and I will value yours in return and give you like free advice in return.
1: Yeah and I mean I spend a lot of time on calls with um and sometimes my clients will just say Amy I just I'm going to come up with a list of 10 products and we're going to go over them on the call and yeah. we've done that before you know and hopefully the worst part is when unfortunately they find me too late and they've already launched a product that's yep. really saturated and we do our best to turn it around but it's you know and then all we have we have to put all of our hope in Andy's tool because <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, Andy made seller SEO. So it's really just making sure it's an optimized listing and all of that. And we're trying to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. But yeah, usually it's too late and we're we're having to liquidate at that point. But, you know, it's a great... I always call the, the first failed product the best Amazon course you can ever take. <laughs> For sure, yeah.
0: And you have to... And that's why the, this AliExpress technique I love because it's it's like minimal risk but you get all the reward of going through the steps and kind of learning the process with like not spending a ton of money up front.
1: Um, Exactly. Exactly. So in Jason's case, he was the one who asked the original question. Uh, He lives in Europe. So, you know, he would have that sent to him first to kind of vet it and check it out. Or he could find someone. I mean, in the beginning, you probably want to get it sent to you until you can grow to the point where you're understanding it. And then you hire somebody that is in China or something. And and Mm -hmm. there, by then you've kind of gotten experienced at checking things out and you know what your standards are right? So you know what data points you want that person that you're hiring to check for, which is why it's important for you to know your own business processes and your own, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Your own uh, requirements, your own quality control requirements, right? right? Yeah. Your
0: your own expectations. Yeah. Like what, what, you know, what's Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: you get a product and that's why I say get three too. Like a lot of people will source like one or two or, you know, make sure you get at least three. I say minimum of three because there's, they're going to be a huge difference in quality and 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 um, workmanship. What, what we've noticed a lot of times too is sometimes the the higher priced products are worse than the cheaper ones because you're getting a middleman or somebody um, yeah. you know who's not uh, you know not the the original manufacturer. So um, get at least three and test the quality. Like use the product yourself. That's one of the best ways. Um, yeah. Like here's here, I'll, I'll give you a tip. Like this is one of the products that this is a this is a sourced item for for yeah. one of the things. It's really yeah, cool. It
1: carabiner clip with a knife in it.
0: Yeah. How cool is that, right?
1: It's really cool. I like it. Don't Very steal Californian. It.
0: Don't steal <laughs> it, right? But but I mean like so like I've used this and I love this. So, you know, it's one of those things that um, you know, get get the product and and use it. And if it's something that you're not going to want to buy, who else is going to want to buy it? I mean, that's another great litmus test. If you're buying something and you're like, this is a piece of shit. I'm not going to use this. <laughs> Guess what? Nobody else is going to want to use it either.
1: And why would you want to open up your, uh, you know, open yourself up for that many bad reviews and stuff, right? Right. So, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. I found a product on AliExpress. that was horrible. Like it looked awesome. I got to go get it. Hold on. I gotta okay. Go. Yeah.
0: All right. No. We got it.
1: Um, <laughs> well, actually, I don't know where it is. So right. anyway, it was... It, it looks so cool. It was a cat treat dispenser. So it was like a rolly toy. Right. That the cat paws it and then the treat comes out. Sure. So I ordered it because I was like, I'm going to source this and I'm going to create a little bundle and make it cool with my cat toys. Right. Right. And I get this thing and the hole on it is not big enough for a treat to go in or out of it. <laughs> You're like, what kind of cat treats are people in China feeding their cats? Like get, some, get some rabbit,
0: rabbit food. It's a, rabbit, it's a rabbit treat dispenser.
1: And my cats were like, what is this? I don't, I'm not interested in this. My cats just looked at me like, I'm not yeah. going to play with that. You're yeah. crazy lady. Yeah. So at first I was like, well, maybe I can put catnip in it. You know, that's small enough. And, you know, uh, just the dust from the bottom of your cat treat bag. Exactly, Lori. It did not work out at all. So perfect tip, Andy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, dog food it. That, that's the old, the old uh, adage, right? Dog food. mean Meaning like use it yourself. So, All right. Um, let's see. Anybody else have any other questions? Let's make sure we didn't miss anything.
1: So you basically, you source this product, you put it on Amazon, you create PPC campaigns, you test it, you make sure it's working. And then you go to source it big time.
0: Right. 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 And then when you go, yeah. And then when you go to source it big time, then you know, that, that, that that's a whole nother, a whole nother can of worms, but
1: right.
0: yeah, generally, I mean, the thing that... Okay, let's go. Let's move in. Since we've covered the sourcing part, let's kind of cover the beginning uh, since we, we we have like 10 more minutes and we're not getting a ton of questions. So now you're going into like the launch phase, right? And that's another kind of facet that people are like, I don't know what to do. It's so confusing. Um, and, and it can be. But yeah, and actually one of these days I'm going to put out... I, I keep I, I keep having it in my head, but, but keep uh, forgetting to do it or not having the time to do it is like a like a pdf like it's just a launch checklist i'm going to do that soon um, but you know some of the things you have to realize and a lot of people don't realize this and why you know why i laugh when i see people are like how much do i need to start on amazon in some of the groups are like 500 or whatever i mean it, it of course depends on the price point of the product but you you really have to number one you have to believe in your product you have to believe in your brand and you have to you have to go all in when you launch when you launch a product you have to like Be prepared, like you know. I tell people, depending on the product, be prepared to be like negative, like two thousand dollars in the first two weeks or month or something like that, uh, depending on you know different circumstances, of course. But you have to realize that you got to go negative at first, and it's scary. I got it. I totally get that. But the the reason why so many people fail is they they put a minimal amount of marketing behind their product, and then they're like, I don't get why it doesn't work when you launch your product this is where this is the make or break because you get that first month of our month or so. I mean, it's debated all over how long the time is. I, I, I'm going to use a month because I think that's what it is. And that's kind of our experience. So you get a month of quote unquote honeymoon time, which means that Amazon's kind of indexing you for a lot, a lot more words. You're, you're kind of getting this early boost. Um, Cause they want to see like how this product's going to work out. So during that honeymoon period is your best chance to really get your product solidified as um, you know, uh, relevant for your keywords and you know, start getting some sales volume. So when you know when you're launching your product, you want to make sure that number one, you're super aggressive with your PPC, um, and then you're also doing a slew of other things along with that. You want to be doing offsite traffic, whether it's Google, Facebook, um, Pinterest, like any other source. people are like, "Which source should I use?" I say, all. <laughs> it's like all whatever that, you yes. can, whatever you can get your hands on, uh, you know, to promote. I mean, even if you don't have a big following on Pinterest, just dropping that link in Pinterest, Google will see that link. And then you might have a chance to get ranked on Google a little bit higher. Um, those those are all signals that Amazon and Google look at. I mean, they look at each other to see what's popular, what's trending, things like that. Um, so you know, Pinterest, um, Google Ads, Facebook Ads, um, promotion sites, um, uh, Facebook Messenger blasts, um, uh, blog posts, uh, press releases. I mean, literally, I can name probably like a hundred. Um, the more you can do, the better. And I, I know it's time consuming. Um, but you have to look at the launch of your product as like one of the most essential parts of 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 your product and your product success that so you're building the foundation of your product success. The first thing is of course, the listing optimization. your listing's not optimized it 's not going to do anything you're just going to blow money so that's the first absolute first thing um, and then the next thing is just to make sure that you're sending uh, a lot of signals to Amazon that that product is relevant for what you're targeting. And, you know, it's going to get sales volume quickly.
1: So Andy, I had a call today and, um, someone that follows the, some of the big names out there, um, said that they, you know, they're in all the big seven figure seller groups and all of that. And they, they said, you know, uh, that running external traffic is a waste of time because why, when all of your traffic is on Amazon?
0: Oh, I love those people because guess what? That's why I had one of the best-selling Christmas products yeah. like on the planet. That's why I'm so, going to
1: crush you like the
0: little bug you are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, I I love when people say that because I I, I know that in, in the next year or two they're going to be going super hard into offsite traffic and wondering why like the, like you know all the people that are like oh my my sales are dwindling I can't figure out why I'm like well it's because you're not doing offsite traffic. Um, you know, and if,
1: why does Amazon love offsite traffic so much? How does off-site traffic compare to ranking your product versus Amazon PPC?
0: Right. So yeah, the main, I mean, what, what people don't realize now is that there's more clout. Amazon, if you think about it from Amazon standpoint, okay, Amazon loves to get money from you from PPC, right? But it's okay. so saturated now that they know that a lot of people just either aren't advertising or they're, you know, bidding at a price point where they're not getting any impressions. So they're, Amazon's getting net zero from you at that point, right? So Amazon goes, hmm, okay. So we're not getting any money from from these lower, these smaller sellers on Amazon. How can we incentivize them to uh, you know, to, to market their product? And they go, well, wait a minute. If we let them send traffic from off of Amazon, oh, we not only do they 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 get not only do do we get uh, somebody buying that product that we get a chunk of for fees, but that new person coming in that that seller drove to us. May not be an Amazon Prime member, and guess what? Oh, they had a great experience with Prime. They're now signing up for Prime. So, if you think about it in a logical, in a logical way, it's a no-brainer. Of course, Amazon is is giving extra juice to offsite traffic because you're bringing them customers for free. You're giving them free money. It's like opening your 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 checkbook and writing Jeff Bezos <laughs> a check for you know help his, for his divorce. It's like you're <laughs> it's
1: yeah. awesome. So we have a couple of questions, Andy. Yeah, okay. First um, one is, and I think we kind of talk, covered this one. We have Beyond the Early Reviewer program, PPC, Instagram influencers, collages, Facebook chat box, giveaways, optimized keywords, which is pretty good diverse amount of stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's a good way of obtaining sales and reviews for a new product launch?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean I pretty much covered them all. Um Uh, when I say, uh, you know, people, reviews, of course, nowadays, people are like, you know, just pull their hair out over reviews. Now, the other thing about a launch, when you're doing a launch, and when you're driving all this traffic and sales on your product early on, it's a double benefit. Now, um, as soon as like, uh, as soon as we launch a product, like as soon as it's listed, I enroll it in the early reviewer program on Amazon, I think it's 60 bucks to get five reviews. And what that does is um, if somebody buys your product, Amazon does a follow-up email rather than you having to do a follow-up email. They charge you for it, of course, but to me, it's worth it. Um, and what they do is they give an incentive. They're doing incentivized reviews. You know, they don't let anybody else do it anymore, but they're doing it. So they email... So if, if, if Amy uh, bought my keychain knife, um, you know, two weeks later, Amazon emails Amy and says, Hey, do you want $2 streaming credit for Amazon Prime Movies? If you come and review this product, tell us how it is. And then that person goes and reviews the product, so you can get uh, reviews pretty quickly that way. A lot of people say, "Oh, I don't have success with it," and the reason why is because it's a volume game. If you've only sold two products, you know it's only a small percentage of those people are actually going to take the time to go and do that review. So that's the other reason why you really want to push hard early on your products to get those products in as many people's hands as possible, because then that early re- reviewer program will actually work. Because you'll get, you know, if you sold a hundred in the first two weeks then, you know, if only 3%, which is, you know, it's, it's probably like 1 to 5% is probably the review rate. So if you sold a hundred, you know, one to three, probably give you a review. And nowadays, if you have a new product, because of the way that the reviews game has changed, like a lot of people, I know I will, like if, if something has like about three reviews, that's to me, you know, about good enough social proof, especially if they're verified reviews, if they're not verified reviews, uh, then that's a different story. But if it's a verified review, then, then to me, uh, three is about the magic number. If you get the three, then it'll just snowball and you'll get more and more. The people are like, "Oh, no, you need five, you need 10, you need 20. Um, I disagree with that. I think that you know, if it's a new product, like three is, is about the magic number.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree too. And people are passing around in all these groups about how 10 is the minimum number of reviews. No, yeah. just you just need one or two good reviews to get off to a good start. And then, and then you're going to get them organically. And that's why you, you test your product yourself first and make sure that, Hey, if you would use it, you know, it's, it's really good and make sure that your list of criteria for good products does, you know, it covers things that you don't want to be open to bad reviews. For example, I learned my lesson selling dog chew toys. Apparently people don't like it when their dogs chew the chew toys and they will leave you one star reviews.
0: So, yeah. It's like you know, it's like selling the kids' good. body. It's like selling one of those like portable kids' bodies and being like, Yeah, my kid took a dump in it. Like what the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know, so you have to kind of learn through that. Okay, so Lori asked, um, Lori asked if I found a bigger item, it, it's a large item and I kind of want to sell it. Should I test with a smaller item first? Should I put it aside for later? And I told her, yes, I think you should. If you're, especially if you're brand new and you're learning, it's better to find a smaller product first to kind of learn the process because large items, Ooh, that's a learning process.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, especially cause you get into the new, um, you know, the, the, um, the weight classes on, on FBA and things like that. And just logistically, like think about getting a return of one of those giant things to your home or your warehouse. Like that's what a lot of people don't think about on those giant products. Like Mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of, of, of um, opportunity in the oversized stuff, but just think about the, the, the returns like that's going to be a nightmare. If you get a high priced item, that's giant, that gets returned to you. That's why a lot of people don't sell things like TVs. It's like you need to be a giant company to sell a TV because if that thing gets returned, it's uh, yeah you're you're paying 80 you know 80 bucks to get it returned to you and there goes your profit then you know now you're minus 80 exactly. um, and, you, and you can't resell that product as you know a new item so
1: And Mirhana wants to know can I register for UPC codes on GS1 if I don't have a company and I'm not a US citizen thanks
0: You know I don't know that and and you know honestly like people always the the, the whole barcode GS1 thing is a huge Kind of, it seems like a roadblock for people. And this is why I tell anybody, anybody, absolutely everyone. I'm going to tell you every time, probably every time I do, we do one of these, Amy, I'm going to remind people, go get brand registered. Like spend the 200 bucks, the, the USP, uh, PTO websites actually, as a government website, it's actually decent. It steps you through the process. Like as an ex-government employee, I can speak from that firsthand and Amy, you as well. Like normally government stuff is absolute garbage. Um, but the USPTO stuff's actually not bad, but uh, I filed my, my own trademark on there before. It's, it's not bad at all. I think it took me like half an hour at the most.
1: It was, I filed really mine on amazing at home and I got yeah. it granted. It's amazing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there are some, I'm on, on the other hand, I'm fighting office actions on my other trademarks and I'm still waiting for them to be, but I agree. Like you should get it def- right away.
0: Yeah. Get it right away. Like file it and then, and then get into the brand registry. Then you don't, but, you don't have to worry about GS1.
1: But, Andy, our topic today is testing the waters, right? Wow. Getting to know. So let's cool. think about this, right? What I always tell people on the GS1 side is, yes, absolutely, when you're ready and you know that that's the product for you and this is your brand and you've written your business plan and you're ready to go, absolutely buy, you know, get your company and, go, you know, go on GS1 and do that. But even today, when I'm testing products, Snap UPC, I bought yeah. a hundred UPC codes, right. I slap it on there. Like my cat toys that I did the little Christmas stocking thing with them. Yep. I just, you know, I, I wasn't going to register that in GS one. Cause it's not, I'm just testing the product. I don't yeah. care. And so, you know, you don't have to worry. Like Amazon's not going to ban you, <laughs> you know, yep. you just try it out. If you're just testing a product, slap a, a, you know, used UPC on there. That's fine. As long as you get it from a reputable provider that says that they use GS one barcodes, you'll, be fine. You know, just test your product. And then when you're actually, when you're ready to go all in, cause you have tested and everything, that's when you register your company, you do everything, you know, if you haven't already done that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then you add it to your actual GS one barcodes. Hopefully that's helpful.
0: Yeah. I think, and honestly, I, I need to go back and check this because I think that let me see here. I think that they might've changed it and let anybody, have, uh, um, uh, Anybody can, uh, let's see, I know, excuse me. yeah, yeah, right here. Anybody can a- apply for the exemption now. I thought that they had changed that. So you don't even need brand registry anymore. Eureka, here, let me post the link. Um, yeah, you can apply. So it says brand publisher. If you just a- enter generic, then you can um, not have any UPC. Let me post the link in the chat for everyone. There you Sweet.
1: go. Sweet okay yeah i just did a g10 exemption for a bundle i wanted to do and yeah you know, i thought you had
0: to be brand registered but i think they, they must have changed that so um, no
1: not for g10 yeah you can just put generic as the brand and they'll just scram it for you so it's pretty okay. pretty cool so we are at an hour andy yeah Shall cool all right. yeah all right so any
0: last minute questions real quick here and then your
1: and, we'll... uh, wants to know if I register my brand I don't need gs one so actually if you do have a brand registry you can you don't need you new UPC codes for new products so that is good
0: yep yeah you just so what what happens is if you're a brand registered you go on and you apply for categories which they grant almost you know it's not a big deal at all you just say like I sell in you know um, home improvements and um you know beauty or something and then they grant you exemptions in those automatically with your brand registry and then um and then you can upload like it, it just makes the process a lot easier so you don't have to like dig out you um you know UBC codes and paste them or you know it's just it streamlines the process because literally you just don't need to enter them anymore you just make you just need to make sure that you have your um Your uh, product identifier, which is usually the manufacturer part number, which if you're a private label seller, you make that up. It's your own. Um, And then the brand name. And with those two fields entered, you don't even need to enter any um, product identification codes.
1: So, okay. And then um, the other question is, Lori asked, when you say you push hard on PPC early on, what amount or percentage do you stick to?
0: Okay, so that's a hard one, of course, because it's uh, the, you know it varies so much in cost and type of product and things like that. And um,
1: keywords, and yeah.
0: exactly. So what I mean by pushing hard is like so when you go to set up an Amazon cam- campaign, um, like a, um, an auto campaign, they usually give you like a suggested bid. It'll say like you know suggested bid fifty seven cents or whatever. Um, what I normally, or they'll give you a range. They'll say like you know the the, the bid range is like fifty seven cents to a dollar eleven. The median. A suggested bid is like fifty-seven cents or whatever. What I always do is I take the range. Um, so the top of the range so it was like fifty-seven cents to a dollar um, five or whatever. I'll go in and and enter like a dollar ten. So in other words, you want to bid above even the range because you want to be uh, you want to go super hard into that. Um, into that category and into the, those keywords, like early on, you want to be aggressive to actually get those, that data, that early data. And once you get that early data, that's when you get, start spinning up the manual campaigns and only targeting the keywords that you've converted for thus far. Um, uh, you know, your um, your budget's going to be, of course, up to you. If you're a tiny, you know, small seller just starting out, you know it's hard to tell because I'm in a different world. So like maybe five, 10 bucks, maybe 20 bucks on the upper side. If you're just starting out for me, I do hundreds um, a day, but you know, it's, it's, it's of course, cause we're a larger seller. So it's just, um, And Lori's
1: on. asking, and you hold that above the range bid for how long a month, ideally?
0: No, not a month. Usually in about two weeks, I would say about two weeks is what we usually do. Um, once we do that, then we start dialing it back. We, you'll still get and data from And that's because you
1: just want, you want that traction initially. Yep, and exactly. in order to get that traction, and remember, it's your ad placement too, right? Right. If you are, and you can check this, let's say you bid, you know, $3, let's say the suggested bid is $2.50 and you bid two seventy five. We'll go out on Amazon and see where your ad is showing up for that keyword. Yep. And, yep. and think about that. If you're getting if you're if your A cost is high and you're getting those conversions for that keyword, imagine. And let's say you're you're within somebody's product page, like your ad placement is really low. Imagine if you raise that bid, you might actually lower your A cost because then suddenly you're at the top of that page for that keyword. Yep. Yep. And that's even more sales, right? So when I keep yeah,
0: we'll we'll actually we'll we'll do uh, actually we never got to the PPC stuff that we were going to talk about. Oops, maybe <laughs> we'll do that next week. Actually, that's probably what we'll we'll, we'll concentrate on PPC next week. Yes,
1: let's do that. Let's do yeah. a whole session on teaching people how to optimize PPC, how to run their PPC campaigns. Maybe yep. some um, talking about the new dynamic bids because that's really confusing for folks. Yeah.
0: Well, I tested j- just a teaser. I tested those, and so far the the results are i was excited for it because i thought they were maybe going to be using like machine learning and like really like kind of like self-optimizing but um all we saw is our our acos skyrocket so um yeah we're going to test uh, them more, but so far it's not not positive
1: okay good to know and i was wondering yeah how in the heck am i going to analyze that right yeah well,
0: so, we we no. spend, we spend a lot on our pvc so it's easy for us to test because we Blows through so much data so quickly, um, yeah. so yeah. So far, it's not good, but I'll, I'll update you. And there, there might be. So yeah. So just to explain it quickly, if you go into your campaigns now, there's there's a setting that says like lower bids if the person's not able or not expected to convert, raise or lower bids, you know, depending if they're expected to convert or not convert. And then the other one is just like leave my stuff alone. I want to I want to bid what I want to bid, right? Fixed. fixed. Like don't touch my stuff. Um,
1: <laughs> so you so, recommend. Yeah. Don't touch my stuff so far.
0: <laughs> well, no, the lower the lower one is is it was the default before this. Um, oh, okay. So I haven't tested the, the keep my bid where it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that next, I think. But um, so in the ones we've tested, the other the other setting though below that is kind of it was kind of like the bid plus before, but now you can kind of specify like okay, like bid my keywords up up to nine hundred percent if I'm gonna be the first person on the page.
1: Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, and but we I tried. Expensive. You could blow through your whole daily budget if yeah,
0: so We tried, we tried some it. of those too. And um, and the ACOS, like, I did some pretty high, like, percentage wise, I did like 500% on some of them just to test it. And I was surprised the ACOS didn't explode as much as I thought it would. Um, but what I could see that being really useful for is in the launch period, like we were just talking about, um, you know, that way you could, like, guarantee that you're going to be the first product on the first page. Um, because what that does too is, if you if you stay in that spot long enough, Amazon actually starts to lower your bid because they go, oh, this is what people are clicking on. This is a relevant product for this keyword. So a lot of times, if you get uh, aggressive on PPC, it'll actually like after a week or two, you'll you'll see it start to creep down um, because you're, you're actually getting signals showing that Amazon, you're probably,
1: if you're converting Amazon's yeah. going, Oh, that's super relevant for that keyword. We're going to move that up and move our bid down for it. Right. right, Exactly. Okay. Got so. it. Versus if the opposite happens. And so a lot of people, they freak out about the ACOS initially. And that's why I always tell people when I'm teaching them PPC, I'm like, look, it's okay. In the beginning, it's going to be, eh, ugly scary but we're going to optimize it using that data right and then we're gonna get it down to a manageable level and you know but if people always freak out in the beginning and then they just start pausing keywords you don't want to pause keywords but again we could talk about that for yeah. for hours right okay oh and,
0: hey something else we have to do amy because i always forget to do this <laughs> i did a post today about this and everybody like people were like you're such a hypocrite because um you know i was i posted a thing saying that like you know i'm so tired of seeing like people were like you know because i I'm always learning too. Like I always check, like, you know, I'm I try not to pay too close attention to my competitors because I feel like innovation gets stifled when you do that. Um yeah. but you know, if I if it's like somebody you know doing like Facebook advertising or, you know, stuff that's relevant to to my uh my software business, I also, you know, I, I, I tune in once in a while just to check it out, see if it's any value. And like lately what I've noticed is is anybody doing these types of things, like whether it's like, you know, webinars or things like it's like ninety percent of it is like trying to sell you the thing. And it's just like so frustrating. But that being said, what I was going to remind you of is tell people who you are, how they can contact you, like what kind of services you offer, because we should, you know, we, we I don't want to, you know, I want to give complete value. I don't want to teach people, but you know, we, we also need to feed our family. So <laughs> it'd be nice if, you know, one of you guys maybe once in a while is like, Hey, you know, we're going to try your tool or we're going to try our coaching or whatever. So yeah.
1: Okay, so you want me to tell people who I am and how to contact me? <laughs>
0: well, sure. I, if you don't have to, I'm just saying I, I never give no, you the opportunity. Good. And I don't, I don't really plug myself either. <laughs> and I don't want to too much. But, you know, I also want to, you know, let people know who we are, what we do, and, um, you know, all that fun stuff
1: we can introduce each other, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Cause you know,
1: I'm good at bragging on you. No. So well, everybody, most people know me. A lot of people I recognize as, as already have, have been my clients or in my group. Um, so Amy Weiss, amazing at home is my Facebook group. You can go to amazingathome.com and check us out anytime. Contact me anytime. I'm willing to help you with anything, Amazon, uh, anything e-commerce, anything business. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited about that and, uh, and I'll pass it off to Andy.
0: <laughs> yep. So for me, um, like I, I, it looks like Amy brought the crowd today. So th- this is a lot of Amy's people. So uh, if you don't know me yet, yeah, I'm, uh, I, well, I started selling on Amazon in 2013. Uh, we sell seven figures. Um, but that's actually kind of our side project now, which is kind of funny to say. Um, but my main project now is uh, sellerseo.com and um, how it kind of came about, um, and how I kind of know Amy is funny. You know, we, we um, initially I started building these tools because I was so frustrated with what was out there. Now I just felt like everything took, took so much time. Um, so Amy was one of our early beta testers, um, and once I met her, I was like, I need to, I need to hook up with Amy and do something because I could tell like she's a go getter. She's somebody who constantly learns. Uh, if you want to, if you want to know how to be successful, follow people like Amy because. Um, you, you have to, I mean, like I said, even myself, like to this day, like I know, I know a lot, but there's so many things I don't know and so much I can learn. Like I'm always listening to, um, you know, other Amazon seller podcasts. I'm always listening to marketing podcasts. Like one of my favorites is, uh, the one that I'm kind of obsessed with right now is marketing school, uh, from Neil Patel. It's like, it's a, and it's cool. Yes, it like, I've listened
1: to that one. It's good. It like yeah.
0: se- there's like seven minutes long. So like I have a, I got a Google mini in my, in my bathroom now. So like when I jump in the <laughs> shower, I listen to it and, uh, and so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's my shower podcast, but, um, yeah, like, like, um, you know, definitely learn from, from people like Amy and like put in the time, but anyway, I, I like to talk as you can see too, which is funny because I'm an introvert. Um, but, uh, so, so I created these tools and at first I was like, I'm going to keep these tools for myself. Ha ha ha. I'm going to make millions on Amazon. Nobody will know how, you know? Um, and then I realized that, um, you know, I could help a lot of people, um, you know, with, with using these tools and just, with the time savings and the, you know, the things like that, like the, the cool things that you can do with it. Um, and I'm probably, it's probably bad because, uh, you know, I give, like, we give such a gratuitous like free trial. Like most people are like, you know, limited trial, like 14 days, seven days, whatever. Uh, we let you try for 30 days. If you cancel, I'm going to be sad, of course. But like my whole thing is like, I, if you use it and it helps you in your life and you walk away, that's fine with me. Um, I, like I said, I prefer you be a customer a long time, but, um, you know, if I just help you a little bit, I'm stoked about that. So, um, and
1: any of my group members know how much I, I love your tool, Andy. And if you've ever been a client of mine, you've probably seen a demo of seller SEO on a call because (laughs) I use it so much. So it's just been a huge blessing in my life and I'm super excited. Andy and I are going to be pairing up on this. We're going to keep these coming to you and we can't wait we just want we're all we're, we're both excited to help as many people as we can and just learn as well as much as we can Right? I,
0: absolutely yeah All learn together that's why i really love this format and like this time we didn't do it as much as i'd like to but like next time i know a lot of people are putting in the chat and you know people are shy and things like that but i love when people actually in like in, in before we started uh, we had people jump on with video and audio and stuff and that's really cool just because um it's it's fun to like meet and interact with you guys you know and now it's like we're not talking to just somebody on social media. We actually like get to know you and see your your facial expression, see how frustrated you are, or pissed off, or or happy, or whatever. So, um, yeah, all right. So that being said, uh, now you know who we are. Um, we'll probably keep the. We're not big pluggers. We we we're we're more here to help and and uh, and uh, bring value to you guys, help you guys. That's my main goal. I, I'm pretty sure that's Amy's as well. Um, just the fact that you know, if we help one of you guys, like m- you know, make money and live your your life of freedom and your dreams, you know, like. Pictures on the beach. If I see you guys, if I see anybody that says, "Hey, you helped me," like two years from now, and they're sitting on a beach in Puerto Rico. I'm going to be super stoked to see that. So those are the kind of kinds of things we want to see. Now, that being said, one last thing: I'm going to unmute everybody, and everybody say, "What's up?" and it's going to be a mess, but it'll be fun. All right, ready? All right, everyone's going to be unmuted. All right, go. What's up?
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> thank Hello. you. Thank you. <laughs> All thank right. You so no, hey, thanks, guys. Thank
1: Thanks so much, you guys. All right. See you next week, I'll put another reminder in my group. Too. Thank, you. Thank you. I can't get the video.
0: It says failed to start the video camera. Please Let's select go. another
1: video camera in settings.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> we'll figure it out next yeah, time. We'll,
0: yeah, next time we'll, we'll, about give, about we'll, give, we'll give technical help on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks guys. All
1: right, y'all. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.